0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Collisions YYC Current and Critical. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. Thank you for joining me today for another good old fashioned chat. Today's show is brought to you in partnership with our newly minted relationship with State Corporate Training. After 18 months and hundreds of conversations with the leaders, innovators, and the movers and shakers in our city, two things have become abundantly clear. The future of work has arrived, and it always has been all about the people. So whether you're an individual looking to upskill or an organization looking to reskill an entire division, Sate has the team, the curriculum, and more importantly, the advisors to partner with you to build what you need to adapt for the road ahead. Do yourself a favor and take the time to learn a little bit more. Check them out at wwwsateca slash corporate training. And more importantly, give them a call, have a consultation, and find out what Sate can do for you. Hello and a warm collisions yyc welcome to Miss Wumi Atakambi. How are you, Wumi?
1: I'm good, Tyler.
0: Thank you so much for joining me on the show. We've been chit chatting away, and as I often do, I need to push the record button so we can we can we can bring the guests into the podcast. So you and I got introduced. I don't even remember. I think it was potentially my 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 partner in crime here, Kevin. But Calgary is such a small town, and I do love that. I get to meet so many interesting people. And you and I connected a few weeks ago, and. I was really excited to share your story, and maybe we'll this will be a little bit of a biography in terms of your journey is talking about we've got a labor and skills and talent and people challenge, I think everywhere across Calgary. When we talked, I talked to a lot of businesses on the show. And sooner or later it comes back to you, like, are you able to find the right people? And then when I meet someone like yourself and I hear the other side of like, well, someone who has, you know, in the last 10 years but was new to Calgary. And, but then had challenges finding some of those opportunities, or maybe finding ways to open those doors to kind of bridge that gap between what we need to move us forward as an economy and some of the incredibly talented and skilled individuals that we have that maybe get held on the sidelines due to different things which we'll, we'll discuss today. So with that as the um, setting the tone, maybe I'll turn it over to you to maybe share a little bit of your story and kind of, you know, how you, up, how you ended up coming to Calgary and some of the, the experiences you've had as someone looking for opportunities in our city.
1: Thanks, Tyler. Thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. I moved to Calgary ten years ago from Nigeria where I was a I was a university lecturer. And um I like to say like this that I was I was sold on a promise that Canada needed me. So mm-hmm. it was like Canada needs you. Canada needs your skills. They, it's like they're just waiting for you to come pick it up. Come pick up your job, you know. Okay. And so getting here, of course it was it was it totally different story and it was a challenge because I wanted to continue in academia, I wanted to do a PhD because I had started one in Nigeria, which I abandoned thinking it would be easy to just start a fresh one here, mm-hmm. but it was at a time that grants were being cut a lot, so it was hard to get to get um, a PhD position and that's that's like the premise to get into academia eventually. Mm-hmm. And um, I was on that for like three years, trying to find a way. And when I saw that, it appeared that nothing was going to happen on that end. So I'm like, I was like, okay, what else do I bring to the table? What else am I skilled at? What else can I offer Calgary? I'm, cur- so I'm curious, I- wait, what, was
0: your, what were you pursuing for your PhD?
1: Uh, it was in biochemistry.
0: Okay, interesting. So certainly a very mm-hmm. skilled...
1: And, yes and, and, and a very very a very, very niche and you had and you had worked heavy.
0: through i'm just curious I, i'm like where was the gap or where does that that kind of the story of canada like it's waiting come pick it up like i love i love the way you say that it's very it's a very it as a strong visual of the land of opportunity and i'm, I'm just curious like you know, and maybe it's changed, but obviously you've had your experience for 10 years ago. Uh, how, where did that message come from or how did that get communicated? Because that's, I, I hate a missile. I'm a marketer, so a misaligned message, you can't make a promise and not deliver on it. There's just something fundamentally broken with that, even right at its base.
1: Yeah, I think there's a gap between what um, the immigration, Ministry of Immigration in Canada, what the message they are, they are sharing outside internationally, okay. it, there's a little gap between that and what employers are actually needing or wanting. So even if they identify a particular skill that there's a shortage shortage of in um, in Calgary or some part of Canada, they just blow that out and say we need these skills. But then the employer might have other specifics or maybe. Maybe some other things matter, not just someone that has this degree. It matters where they got it. it matters where they've practiced it it matters what else they know or how they socially present themselves. but that is not communicated when we just hear that Canada wants professionals right
0: I see that's, that's and the sad part
1: of that too is that this most times these are the like the top flyers in their countries so it's like canada is raking in all these specialized highly skilled successful, successful people which is a loss where they are coming from but then they get here and they are underutilized so it's a loss to canada as well and it's a loss to the individual so no no one is winning here
0: no that like yeah so i'm just going to say that's a lose that's a lose lose on on all sides i yeah. appreciate what you said when you you know if you look at the countries that these people are are leaving behind they're losing some of their top talent, which is also key to their economic opportunities as well. Well, mm-hmm. oh, that's an interesting paradigm. And that was, that was your experience, you know, 10 years ago. Any perspective on how, has that changed at all? Have we got any better? Have we fixed that broken message? Or maybe maybe the message, if we could receive it differently, the message could work if we acted a little bit differently on our end, if you think of it that way.
1: Um, I would like to think it has improved. Uh For one thing, people are more informed okay people before they get in here now, people try to make connections in that industry even before they get here. It's easier to get more information i mean the 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 world is a more it has become more global between ten years ago and now, so i think um I think that has helped that when people come in, they already know what operates in their industry some of them already made LinkedIn contacts with people in the industry. They already, I mean, some people are doing that. I'm not sure if everybody does, So, I, right. but that's information I didn't have 10 years ago.
0: Well, we I live in a very different world go. in terms of accessibility mm-hmm. and just you and I so were talking about shifted. social media before 10 years exactly. ago. That was a very different story than it is now where yeah. ge- geography almost makes very little difference when it comes to reaching out or connecting with somebody in a senior position at an organization on the other side of the world.
1: Mm-hmm. And there are people that have taken it up on themselves, like YouTube vloggers talking about life in Canada, what to expect when you land. Mm-hmm. So there's just generally more information, so people are better prepared. And they're also less shocked when they get here and, and things are not moving as smoothly as they thought. They'll be like, yeah, I kind of heard that might happen. Okay. So they are more psychologically prepared also to maybe do some essential jobs, survival jobs to get on to get going before so they, they land where they want. So I think people are more um, prepared. And I, I, I also want to believe there is more resources in the community okay. in terms of immigrant service and um, resources. The only, the gap there is that, you know, it's like you, you provide something and you just expect that people will find it. <laughs> and that when, once they find it, somehow automatically they'll just get integrated into the into the ecosystem. And it doesn't work that way. So it's it's the designing of the solutions that need to be fine-tuned. Not and, that not that there are no efforts in that space,
0: mm-hmm.
1: just the design is not um is not aligning with the need.
0: So a degree of fragmentation that necessarily mm-hmm. there's, there's these potential solutions not to take away from what's being attempted, but it's not filling the gap or bridging that, that creating that synergy. And that uh, it's not a smooth path is what I'm hearing loud and clear.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: And do you find that from your perspective and just even on your, on your own, getting back to your own journey a little bit, once you realize that, okay, this wasn't going to be able to pursue, you know, my PhD path obviously this was a field that you've been involved in and you had a certain degree of education. Were you able to power lay that education into jobs here? Like, was it recognized? Did we look at it? Did we proverbial we here? Sorry. Did, did Canadian companies or organizations, were they able to look at it and go, yeah, that's maybe different than what we're used to, but we understand and we see the value. Or was that also a gap for you when you started having those conversations once, once you were here and realized, Whoa, this isn't really what I, this wasn't the bill of goods that i had signed up for.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, sad so to say, I, I had I, you know I had a master's degree already in science. I was on a PhD, but when I eventually got a job, I got a job in an environmental um, company, okay. environmental certification company, and it was like it was like the lowest, lowest entry level you could think of. And so apparently, the master's degree in science which means relevant field to that industry, right? Mm-hmm. But that wasn't exactly recognized because, yeah, I, I don't know. It was more like, yeah, you're new. You need to find your way first, you know? And mm-hmm. and it's not, um, it's just what it is. Like, it's what it is. Immigrants will take any job to survive. I mean, everybody knows that, so...
0: Yeah. And so I'm reading between the lines a little bit. Do, do you feel that, and again, this is your personal opinion, so I'm, I'm kind of leaning in on it a bit, but when you think about, is that being, are we taking, is, is that being taken advantage, I keep saying we, is that being taken advantage of by organizations that say, well, yes, you have all these, but you're new, so we're going to put you in this junior role. It just sounds like a missed opportunity to look at things in a very set way without broadening and going, wow, this individual could be bringing, yes, they have a level of education that's here, maybe maybe slightly different than what we're familiar with. But mm. that could also be an opportunity of someone who could come in and look at things actually very differently, which to me breeds innovation and change and different thoughts. But doesn't sound like the the organizations here are looking at it that way or, or, or not as a rule.
1: Uh, well, let, let, let me quickly add this, that I have since grown with that same organization. So, um, So I'll say maybe getting in was much harder okay but like when you get in then you get a chance to show what what you can offer to show that you do this is not just a degree on paper that you actually have something to contribute mm-hmm. and um i would like to think that organizations do not take advantage of um immigrant professionals but I also like to look at why, uh, proportionally, there are more immigrant professionals in low-paying jobs. So,
0: yeah, yes, I'll let
1: the data speak. There.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was that was well said. I I appreciate that because of course it's also it's also hard not to have this conversation and and bring up the con- the conversation of diversity and inclusion, race. You know some of the things that I think in the last couple of years, there's been a lot an increased focus on awareness on on diversity and being much more deliberate about that. Where you know ten years ago, like arguably well, there's a lot of room to improve, and I do, I, I I am happy to think that we're making better moves in that area, becoming more aware of where our, maybe our shortcomings were, and when you think about Calgary and the economic transformation we're going through, there is no reason not to, we should have to be able to have access to all of the right resources that we can Mm -hmm. get uh, access uh, connected with to help innovate and change and move forward. Like we, we, we kind of need everyone off the uh, onto the, onto the playing field, if you will.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I totally agree with that. And that, and that's something that, that has um, been my passion lately Mm -hmm. because, you know, on one hand I had, my own personal story of challenges, getting, getting into a, a fulfilling career. And then on the other hand, Alberta has been badly hit economically in recent years. And um, we are shifting the economy. We, we, we you know, it's like we're, we're promoting Calgary in the new economy. And talent is one of the major pillars of challenge we have. And I remember listening to one of the past um, Calgary, Economic, um, uh, Calgary Economic Development presentations. And um, they kept on talking about shortage of, ta- uh, shortage of talent. And in my mind, I was like, we don't have shortage of talent. We just don't recognize the talent we already have. Hmm, that's interesting. Like, I, I just thought about so many STEM immigrant professionals, mm-hmm. people who before they even could apply as economic immigrants, they check them for what exact degrees they have. Mm-hmm. Canada typically is heavy on STEM in terms of what careers they, they request, they advertise.
0: Okay. So
1: these people have STEM degrees. They have been vetted for how well they can speak English or French, which okay. means they can communicate professionally. They have been checked for health and wellness. And then they are here... They can't get the job in the same capacity that they were brought in for. And people are having to reskill anyways, like they go take a short course so they can take um, a job maybe like as a security guard or something like that. Mm -hmm. So when we have people like that in the system, mismatched, misaligned, and then we say we are short on talent, it just doesn't make sense. (laughs) It was a problem of inefficiency, so like, Okay, if, and, and the thing with, with immigrant professionals is we are resilient people. Like, these are people that dropped everything, saying, I'm going to go start all over, uproot everything I've always known, and then I'll start all over. So we are we're already in the mental space of, I can do anything. So when the opportunities are presented, so if the, the economy is saying, we are investing in tech talent, these are the resources, and we will help you through it. People will join. People will buy it because they are ready to start again anyways. They've uprooted <laughs> everything from what, what they already have. So letting that fall through the cracks is just like, it's unexcusable. And I just thought, so why, why aren't we leveraging the resources we already have to fill the need we have? And everybody wins.
0: Do you right. think it? Do, do you see it? Is it just a blind spot that we're just not seeing it? Because to hear you articulate it, it sounds incredibly clear. And I love, I love the backstory of like, this is a group of individuals that have reclo- relocated, dropped everything, often left family, friends, established mm-hmm. communities, to, to move around across the world to start a new career. Like this is a, these people are all in. Like these people are 100 percent in on this. <laughs> unlike everything you said, yeah. there's no yeah. half, there's no halfway here at all. <laughs>
1: I think the the way, I think my my chemistry brain just kicked in right now. And I think about chemical reactions. So let's say, let's say substance A reacts with B to get C. Mm -hmm. So we are Canada we're saying we want C. We want to bring in all the A's so that they can react with the B's that we're going to provide. And then we'll get C, right? (laughs)
0: C C C so C, then, C for success. C for success. No, I so got then it. we bring
1: in the A's and we just dump them and hope they will find the B's and automatically C's will happen. Now in chem- in chemistry, to hasten the rate of a reaction, there are things you can do. You can supply heat, which will increase the movement so that the 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 um the chance of collision is increased. You can reduce the activation energy using maybe a catalyst, which means the inertia that each reactant has to overcome to meet is reduced. Mm-hmm. So what we've done in the past is to just throw everything in the mix and hope C will
0: emerge. Throw it in the beaker and just swirl it around exactly. and, then wait and then wait to see what happens. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, like, I like your analogy. There's it's more great. that we can
1: do. We can actually we can, we can do things that will increase the rate of mobility so that there's more chance of collision. And then the reaction happens. And then there's also this challenge. So some of the A's we brought in, because they couldn't find B, they reacted with H. Now they are plugged into H. So there has to be something, there has to be a greater attraction from B to take them away from the H that they have grown comfortable with.
0: Uh, interesting in terms of so just- some of
1: our professionals are they already stuck in some bill-paying jobs, and they they like transfer their their dreams to their kids that ah my kids will be fine, they would they will go all the way, but what can we do to make sure that we are still not missing out on people that are stuck, because we the more the more hands we get in uh, in this new economy we are building the better for us right
0: yes agreed 100 percent. so do you see this as obviously it feels like there's multiple factors if we were going to start to build our little bit of a game plan because clearly you've put a lot of thought in this and you've experienced it is this government has to take things a little bit farther, but then also incentivize you know uh, industry B? I really like your I really like your metaphor. I've, I it's written out on a whiteboard in my mind's eye right now. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I do have a, I do have a science a chemistry degree from way 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 back, so I wouldn't I would not try to match you, but I, th- I still appreciate it. I really appreciated it, and then we need to also create incentives and also help educate our bees being our businesses Mm -hmm. and our organizations. Cause I feel there's, there's like, everybody has to add like another 10 or 15 degrees to what they're already doing. And then we'll get closer to those reactants or those, or those different factors that are going to then accelerate that. Cause it doesn't feel like there's one answer here. It feels like there's multiple, a series of events that needs to take place. Mm
1: -hmm. And one, one thing I've noticed is, so we have, we have a lot of support for immigrants, like we have immigrant agencies that get mm-hmm. funding and they, they do programming support and we have the, those, but what, what's missing is like an end-to-end solution where okay. um, you can actually help a new, a, a new Canadian or even someone that's, that's not so new but is stuck somewhere mm-hmm. to give them that personal help they need to get unstuck like personalized coaching, and then to have the support of industry to, allow, to, to be committed, not just because we have programs that, that immigrants go through and then when they're done, you know, they're just like, ah, oh, now I'm done. Hopefully I'll get an internship. Maybe I'll get someone to, to take me on, right? But if we have a system that has already designed that into the program itself, so that it's not it's not left to chance once people get in, we know that they'll be matched with an employer, so industry needs to play a, 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 a major role here too. It's mm-hmm. not just a government problem. I mean if the government already gives the fund, they thought they are done I mean not that they are no but at least I, I, I I understand so, what you mean it's mm-hmm. not that, it's,
0: we're not saying that there isn't programs in place, but there's still these gaps in between
1: exactly exactly.
0: Oh, interesting. So in terms of the road ahead, obviously we've made some improvements, but the, the, you're right. The skill gap, you know, that's a conversation that keeps like, it's almost a broken record. And I'm not saying that to demean it. It's a very real problem. But you're right. You hear these different stories and they misalign. Like, how do, how do we have an abundance of this over here, but yet still that? So in terms of, is this just, is it time or is it a champion? I'm always looking for like, what's the catalyst back to some of our metaphors, what's going to catalyze this to actually change? Because, you know, a lot of people are probably aware at a high level that something isn't working, but that's a lot of collaboration you need to create this ecosystem that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. No, no one group can often be the champion, but one group often doesn't isn't able to solve the whole problem themselves.
1: Yeah. So what what I, I have done, so... Um, I, Out of curiosity, I just wanted to see what was happening in the tech and innovation space. Because I was like, oh, okay, so this is what we're focusing on now as a as a province. So what's going on there? Mm-hmm. And it's naturally not a place I would venture into. Because the mental image of a tech guy is some young guy, <laughs> not uh, like maybe just five years out of university or something like that. There's a there's a persona that's kind of uh projected for tech like devs and you know. So I felt like, oh, maybe I'm not cool enough, maybe I'm not in the right age range, maybe I'm not woke enough or whatever, but I was still curious, right? Mm-hmm. So I started attending um events at Rainforest um Alberta, and then I was blown away because there was a lot, there is a lot going on in terms of support, um capital is pouring in people are helpful i mean the environment is so different from any work ev- environment i've known in, in in calgary since i got here oh, they support awesome. the trust and i was just i i was kind of i was just blown away with that why doesn't the rest of calgary know this why why is this like a silo why is it like a microcosm of it like of a different kind of life in Calgary and I was just challenged to let as many people know this as possible and then now think about an immigrant professional that's that's actually new don't have a network they're even trying to find their way so how would they know what's happening in tech and innovation how would they
0: even know to go look there
1: Mm -hmm. exactly so i was like okay i I was planning on some end-to-end programming like i was mentioning Mm -hmm. that was getting complicated and i'm like okay what can i do now that requires the least amount of energy or 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 fund or whatever Mm -hmm. so i started this meetup group called immigrant techies out and the whole point is to just bring people together and explore like there's something going on here let's explore I don't. I'm, I don't know much myself, but I've gone ahead enough to know where to point you to go if you want more information. So we just host this event, bringing people from the community to talk about to demystify tech concepts and just just make it relatable to people, so people know that. So new new immigrants know that there is there is a place for me here. There's some way I can start. There's there's yeah, because it's welcoming. It's a welcoming space. It's um. It's progressive, and people just don't know that it's there. Like I, I didn't know it was there. Just to but hear you was speak, such a to speak vibrant about it. community. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I think there's a lot to be said because it is relatively new. Like we've had a sector here; it was, it was the resource sector, and it's been very successful and an amazing backdrop for where we are in Alberta. I think there is something to be said when it's a bit of the back to the Wild West of it's a new sector. People are, and I've heard that, that there's an incredible, like even the last couple of years, the level of collaboration and the level of people willing to support and help each other, which I do think is one of Calgary's superpowers. Deep down, people are incredibly helpful here. Sometimes maybe more than I've found in other places, which don't get me wrong. There's there's great people everywhere, but Calgary does have a level of, Oh, you need help? Sure, I, sure, I can help you. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to know what that's like when you're outside that ecosystem. Like I heard someone else say that, yeah, that's great once you're in a little bit. But from the outside, you don't even know it's there. And it kind of feels exactly. like there's an imaginary from the wall.
1: Outside, You don't feel like you're going to fit. Yeah. But then once you're in, it's different. And, and, and um, I, I know that, um, so during Calgary Innovation Week last year, um, and they were presenting the scorecard, that was one, one thing that came out. That came across from um, how people evaluated the ecosystem, that people that scored that scored the ecosystem low are more likely to be BIPOC. So which means people yes. don't see themselves in there. They don't, they, they don't feel it's, uh, it's, um, it's a place that they belong in. And so that's like, uh, it's also a mandate for the ecosystem as a whole to be more inclusive. I know there have been a lot of... Um, efforts and initiatives to just open up the space more, and yes. I think that that's helping too
0: yeah well, I think I've attended lots of you know workshops on AI and data and some of the challenges around biases that are built into those to those ecosystems based on the fact that it's a twenty year twenty eight to thirty two year old white male is eighty five percent of the developers and there are some some statistics that really support that feeling of i'm not going to be welcome there. So to hear you say that that's actually not the case, like to me, that's a that's a great story to be told that yes, maybe mm-hmm. you feel that way, but you don't have to. Like there's yeah, I mean, permission to go like explore. That,
1: but it's not, it's not it's true. A, hmm, that's,
0: so even in Curious, your last 10 years in Calgary, have you seen and felt a shift in terms of the inclusion and diversity and the sense of belonging that that is happening in our city? Like, is it, I guess to be blunt, is it getting better? Are we becoming more... Uh, less restrictive or less siloed in just in terms of how we like who we include and who we who we don't
1: i like to think it has improved but okay. then when i read comments on twitter
0: yes then, I,
1: then I question I, that again
0: yes i think sometimes <laughs> the best advice is to not read the comments on so, on social media as, as you and i were joking about right. earlier before we started talking right no, well, I find what shows up I, I, on social yeah. media is one thing, and real people are a whole other thing, but that's my personal opinion there. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I think um, with all that was happening in the U.S. last year, I think it brought awareness a lot, and um, I, I, I know people who have started challenging their own thinking and biases. Like, people just don't take things at face value anymore, you know? I um, I think I've seen that a lot, that uh, people are taking it seriously, that, okay, I am not intentionally hurting anyone, but there are some things that have just been built into the programming of how I grew up that makes me blind to that. So I'm happy that there's a spotlight on that and people are open to challenging their own biases. And yeah, I think there has been an improvement. And I um, I also like to... You know, when in terms of hiring, say, a new Canadian, I, I, um, I know it's challenging. So let's not just brush this aside that uh, why can't an employer just take a new Canadian? Their fears are, are not unfounded. It's okay to, to, to worry if this person will fit. Because a lot of work is not just the technical know how is the interactions is the social skills
0: the nu- and, the nuance and, of hum- of humans
1: <laughs> exactly and what we grew up with to to what, what we call norms depend on the value system of the society we grew up in yes so it is there we can't shy away from it it's a challenge but the, the challenge is now like let let's deal with this let's talk about it where are the gaps what are the challenges what do you what what about new immigrants Um, is off when you hire them, then let's address it. Because, I mean, it has to be balanced, and um, I totally understand that. So let's not say no progress has been made or that people are just intentionally um, sidelining new Canadians. But Mm -hmm. the challenge is let's talk about these things and, and deal with them head on.
0: I, I couldn't agree more. I think the last year and you know we're just past the one year anniversary of a fairly you know, a, a, a symbolic event in terms of that all of a sudden this was on everybody's radar in a way that was like, well, yeah, but maybe it's not my intentional biases. It's the biases I don't even know about. It's the mm-hmm. ones that are intrinsic in terms of how I was raised or the society and the culture that we, that we were part of. And I've had a few guests on the show talking about, you know, for organizations, it, it can be very scary to even start talking about it. Cause there's a fear and what if this, and what if that, and there's probably the worst concern is not talking about it and, and having it be a limiting factor to your organization. And as we go through this diversity and I've had a few guests on speak of it, like no time ever have we needed different perspectives at the table than we do now. Cause the way we've always done it is out the window. Like I don't care mm-hmm. what industry you're in. That's that, that ship has sailed, <laughs> especially yeah. in the, it was, it was already on its way, but the last 14 months we all know we've all had this shared experience. There's nothing that can be taken for granted anymore.
1: Mm, nothing absolutely like we we all have to learn how to how to reimagine life in this new new yeah new dynamics
0: we have right i like new i like new dynamics i don't like new normal because i find that gets overused (laughs) new dynamics is much more a better a better way to frame it so so for yourself you've been in calgary for 10 years um I'm, i'm assuming you didn't go back to pursue the the phd in biochem
1: no no i didn't it, it's um i mean it, it was it's a hard it was a, it would have taken like five years full-time
0: mm-hmm. that's not a so, light commitment i agree
1: yeah like it's not it's a big commitment and you get to a point you're like okay let's let's re- re-strategize right
0: <laughs> reassess I, yes i reserve <laughs> yeah. the right to re-strategize so, like yeah that as well.
1: so i got i got into the lab right so i was saying that earlier I started as a bench-level lab technician, and then I went into the project management in the same place. So, it's like I, now, I'm bringing every of my skills together. So the science is playing the role. My my strategic thinking kind of mindset is also on the table. So it's like I'm able to bring it, bring them all together.
0: So from from your own personal journey mm-hmm, although it didn't mm-hmm. didn't show up the way you thought it like show up your job is waiting for you in Canada no I really, I really appreciate that picture <laughs> no, but from I had the to perspective put a lot
1: more effort into that yes
0: yeah. which I appreciate that but you know to 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 also put a point on the fact that once you got in and quote unquote paid your dues you know it's there was opportunity and you were able to grow and evolve and provide more value for yourself and for the organization together
1: Yes, yes. Um, that's not to say it was, that's not to say that for how many years of experience I had coming to Canada, right. the degree of education I had, and that's not to say it's where it should be.
0: Mm-hmm. I appreciate that.
1: But there has been growth.
0: Yeah. I, yes, I appreciate the positive, but also the honesty of, of, of the <laughs> So from your perspective, you could go back uh, or reach out to your community and you've made a few comments already implied. For new Canadians now coming into Calgary, what are some of the advice if they're listening to this episode and they want like, what should I do next? I'm here. Okay, it maybe wasn't exactly what I thought, but I was maybe had more information because of being online and such. But now I I really want to engage and be part of the community. What what, what, what advice would you give yourself if 10 years ago was today?
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, something I want to tell new Canadians, especially as regards Alberta, because in recent years, new Canadians are opting not to come to Alberta. Because it's like, yeah, we've heard, we've heard that your glory days are over and uh, we'd rather go elsewhere. And I'm like, fighting saying no way you're coming here like come here there's <laughs> a awesome. lot we've got to offer and and i'm i really am honest about that because that's it's, it's the drive for empowering immigrants on one hand and then growing Alberta on the other that this is a rich province with good people and close to nature like there's a lot going on here Mm-hmm. And having a wrong narrative out there is not helping. So let's rewrite it. Let's let's publish the right story. So we're saying that there's There are opportunities in Alberta in tech and innovation. There's a lot of attention there. There are people committed. I mean, I went to um, Rainforest Summit, okay, and. Um, I was just it was just the most challenging atmosphere in terms of you know you see people that are committed to a cause, and they we've all signed a social contract. It's not like anyone can enforce them right <laughs> but then people leave it out and commit to it to grow other people, grow other businesses, grow the economy as a whole. I think that's empowering I think that's that's powerful so what I'm saying to immigrant professionals is, there's something for you in Calgary. There's something for you in Alberta. There's an industry that actually that wants you. Now I'm I'm also saying Canada wants you. Like I'm joining yes. Canada to say that, and and I think it's true. You might not. You might have to do some work. You might have to do some reskilling, upskilling. Yep. But that those resources are there and there's attention on them there is funding for them there is okay. support like groups like um there are so many career support groups in the ecosystem to just help people find their way because for immigrant professionals ex- especially once you're stuck into some bill paying job it's uh it becomes a mental stronghold that mm-hmm. I can to get out it, of it you know, yeah. You need help, not not because it's not like you're lazy. It's not like you you you. It's not like you can't. You don't have what you need, but you're stuck in a mindset that says mm, they don't appreciate immigrants. Let me just stay here, but there are resources that can. You know, I I like to call it this um, the three question framework, and the first question is what's happening around me. Like we need to 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 increase awareness here, like the situation awareness. What's happening? What, where's the economy shifting? What skills are emerging, right? And then ask also, then what's happening in me in terms of what what's my strength? What's my, what personality? Um, how do my my skills, my background, my personality fit? And what how what do I have to offer the world? What's my interest? What is my why, right? So once you get like the shift of the economy, the digital transformation that's happening all over the world, we need to be abreast of that. Like gone are the days of, I studied mechanical engineering, so I'm looking for a job in mechanical engineering or (laughs) not. I agree agree with you. Like (laughs) the mentality has to shift. You need to see what's happening around. How do I fit? in this uh, fourth industrial revolution right and then the the second question is okay now that i know what's happening how do i prepare what kind of mindset do i need to 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 go through this to actually thrive in this new dynamics not normal
0: <laughs> yes yes <laughs> like, i appreciate
1: yeah it. because in tech for example the the particular tools they evolve so fast they change so rapidly that's it's really hard to keep up. It's really it's hard to say, I'm gonna I'm going to know all the all the software languages out there. I'm gonna learn all of them, and then I'll be fine. That's not true. You learn them today, two years, or maybe a year after, you need to learn another one. So that means what what you need to challenge is thinking how to think. So how do I think? I need to start thinking about how I think, right? So that's um like critical thinking lifelong learning, creative problem solving. So those are becoming the key essential skills for anyone. Because the core skills that we thought were our strongest points are evolving so fast that we can't even trust them. But (laughs) if we invest in how we think, then we are good for the future, right? So until you answer question one and question two, then you can say, okay, so now how do I fit? So which of all these skills can I then learn but the thinking part the awareness part, knowing where things are going and how to plug into it will come should come first so we can't just focusing on core skills and 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 that's the thing with us a lot of immigrant professionals we like we like degrees we yeah. like certificates like we like nscs and bscs and phds like we love them <laughs> but they are not enough anymore <laughs> Which, like is scary, which is a scary, which is a scary thing because we've been yeah. taught for
0: so long that that was enough. That was actually exactly. well, get a degree and get a good job, and you're like, but no, it's actually not a guarantee at all. But I it's really not. love what you brought up. You know, like curiosity, adaptability, resourcefulness, mm-hmm. a flexible versus fixed mindset.
1: Exactly. You, yeah, it's exactly. a different set
0: of like the you know the 60 year degree because you're going to be learning for the rest of your life. Some of those concepts can be very scary, and I think almost for generations that are like, well, yeah, but I signed on for this. I signed on for the degree. Like, I thought mm-hmm. that was going to work out. And so I think sometimes people feel they were kind of tricked a little bit. But such is the world we live in these days, to, to your point. Yeah, yeah. The only sure thing is change.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So just oh. have the mindset of, like, um, I'm ready to, to to just be adaptable, to be agile in this new economy. And the good thing is there are resources. You don't have to do it alone. So come to Calgary.
0: <laughs> oh, that's I, I love the underpinning of of the story and I appreciate it. I think there's tough competition. If you look at Canada, Toronto, Montreal, mm-hmm. Vancouver, if I'm looking at Canada from the outside and I don't know what Alberta has to offer, it's, it can be a tough competition. I think we need to tell our story loud and proud as much as yeah. we can and then back it up for people when they get here and provide the support because there's, you know, economically you look at net new migration. That is the backbone of any growing economy. You, you don't have new people coming in. You don't have growth. That's just part of how, mm-hmm. how the model works. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you. I'm very biased as someone I grew up I grew up in Montreal and I spent lots of time in Toronto. But Calgary, there's something there's something here that's pretty awesome. I yes, I we need to tell that story over yes, and over and yes. over again. Yell it to the mountaintops. It's a fan. As and, I look outside, it's this beautiful blue day. Here
1: too. Like what you're doing is telling is helping tell that story. So yeah, thank you. For doing it's that. it's. Oh, it's my mm-hmm. pleasure.
0: Uh I mean, it was fantastic. I feel quite inspired. It was very it was great talking to you. And I, I always open part of the whole show is how do we bring in different perspectives and how do we understand that if economic transformation is our goal, every single element has to be taken into consideration and the talent gap and how do we how do we embrace? I'm not even going to call them new Canadians, I'm going to call them new Calgarians. New Calgarians and, and allow them to feel fulfilled, but also to be part of the solution. And I think mm-hmm. that's the that's the opportunity I do agree. I think we're missing we've got all this talent over here. And then you see a storyline or a headline in the newspaper that says, we can't, we have all these open jobs and no one to do them. Like something's broken and I I've, it's come up many, many times. I appreciate your perspective on it. What is the best way if people want to reach out, reach out or get in touch with you? And obviously this was, I found this conversation very inspiring. I'm sure other people have as well. What's the, what's the best way to find you?
1: Uh, LinkedIn, LinkedIn. Will be great. LinkedIn. Mm. Yeah. And um, you can also follow um, Immigrant Techies Alberta. That's the meetup group I was talking about. We have a, um, yeah, we have a Twitter page, Facebook, and um, of course LinkedIn. And yeah.
0: And just so I'm clear, now. is Im- I- Immigrant Tech in Alberta?
1: Immigrant techies.
0: Techies. Alberta. Alberta, yeah. got it. Okay, that's what I thought. I I, I wrote it down. I wrote it down in time. <laughs> We'll we'll promote that actually with the show so people can find us. We'll put it in the show notes so you, people can get a link to it and uh, encourage people to go check that out and to have the experience you had. That it is not. It's it is for you and it is inclusive mm-hmm. and it is open to to all walks of life and and all skill levels. So I, I really I really appreciate. It. I think that's a very powerful message. Certainly, what I took away from our conversation. But thank you so much for taking the time and for just sharing your passion. Clearly something you're very passionate about. It comes through Mm -hmm. in spades when you chat. Mm.
1: Thanks for having me, Taya. I appreciate it.
0: My pleasure. Thank you.